Welcome to the Brand Led Podcast. We're your hosts, Kane Baker and Lisa Dondreo, co-founders of the branding studio, Baker Creative. We're on a mission to help you gain clarity in your brand and fulfillment in your work life. From strategy to visuals and beyond, we're arming you with bite-sized branding insights to help you build and grow a brand-led business. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Brand Led, where we share practical branding tips and insights to help you guys, service-based business owners, attract high-value clients. And Lisa, today we're going to be talking about brand visuals and why creating something pretty shouldn't always be a primary goal. Hello, everyone. And uh, yeah, we've just, <laughs> we've just realized that we recorded like the whole episode almost and uh, didn't didn't actually record. So, <laughs> My bad. so I feel like this is a bit of deja vu talking again, but we're well practiced now. We've already, you know, talked about this once. So uh, yes, today we're talking about, um, you know, when people think about designing a brand, they often think, you know, colors, fonts, making something look pretty. And we get a lot of inquiries about doing just that, you know, can you jazz it up? Can make you make, it pop. Can you make it pop? <laughs> um, can you make it beautiful or make it look good? And there's nothing wrong with that. No. And, you know, we all want to feel proud of the brand that we work for or if it's our own brand, we want to feel proud of it. And, you know, I'm definitely not opposed to things looking beautiful, as you know, Leeds. No, we all love looking at beautiful things. <laughs> but there's one problem with, you know, using the word beautiful as a, as a criteria for evaluating design is that, you know, what you think looks great and mm. what your audience thinks looks great and what I think looks great could all be completely different. And, you know, beauty really is in the eye of the beholder. So it's a completely subjective measure. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And the other thing to remember is that design isn't just about how something looks. It's also about how it works. It's not like we're creating art here. It it has a business outcome and ROI, you know? Yeah, exactly. If you're spending money on, you know, a new visual identity or a new website, you want it to be more than beautiful. You want it to help you to stand out, to build your reputation, to gain leads. Um, So all these things are really important to consider as well. And if we're talking about brand design, our objective here is to always position you in the right way and help you stand out in your space. Um, If we're talking about website design, uh, you know, it needs to support the copy and guide the user towards some sort of action. Yes. So I guess what we're saying here is that, you know, design can be beautiful, but first it needs to be functional. Functional. (laughs) And, you know, just like copy can be clever, but first it really does need to be clear. Otherwise, there's no point. (laughs) And just to clarify, you know, liking the designs you're presented with is important too. No no one wants an ugly design, right? No. Your opinion and preferences are still important and should be taken into account, but you need to be able to strike a balance between what you like and what's appropriate for building the perceptions, you know, that you've kind of uncovered in your brand strategy or outlined. Yeah, this is the tricky part, really, because you you do definitely want to strike that balance. You know, you it's hard to disconnect yourself and and think about what your audience wants. But, you know, let's just say as a simple example, based on your brand strategy and your audience and your industry and positioning, you've kind of narrowed down your colors to let's maybe go in a blue direction or a green <laughs> direction, right? This is very simple, but, you know, maybe they're the most appropriate choices for your color palette. And after that, you know, you've already considered, you know, your audience and your positioning and everything. After that, you can base the decision on your personal preference for either color. So there are definitely opportunities to bring in your own personal taste into the mix. It's just you want to make sure that you're also balancing that with your, you know, audience preferences and how you're trying to position yourself as a brand too. Yeah. And you wouldn't just say, guys, look, I love red. So my logo needs to be red because (laughs) you're disregarding what might be appropriate for your audience you know, industry and its positioning. 
Exactly. Definitely aim for balance. Yep. Okay. So, Kane, now play along with me for a second. <laughs> sure, sure. I'm what do you got for me? I'm in the market. For You're in the market. <laughs> a new visual identity. Mm-hmm. And I'm approaching a branding studio, a graphic designer, That's to help me. me. Yes. Well, I don't know if I want to work with you. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> we'll go away then. <laughs> But let's just say, you know, if beautiful isn't one of my primary objectives, if I'm briefing my designer, I'm not like, hey, I want it to really look beautiful. What are some of the some other helpful criteria to help me evaluate a design or to brief my designer? Yes, good question. Um, we've chatted about some of these things like legibility and contrast, you know, in, in some of our previous ep- episodes when we're talking about fonts and, we have, and colors. Yes, yeah. Um, so do make sure you check those out if you haven't already, because there's definitely some important, um, you know. Nuggets of wisdom yeah. there. <laughs> um, and if we're talking about, I guess, logos, um, you know, a couple of things. I'd make sure that it's flexible and scalable. So, for example, does it have, you know, positive and both positive and negative versions of a, of the logo, meaning that it can be placed in different colored backgrounds? Mm-hmm. Uh, another would be, you know, how does it hold up when you're sizing it down and scaling it up, you know? Because typically, you know, those high detail, ornate logos, they don't really scale too well. Um, you lose a lot of detail when you get to a certain size and that can be a problem when you're applying it to different stationery or packaging. Yes, good point. So aside from those, you know, basic, but those they're important, but there are three other criteria that we usually use as a gauge whether a design's working well or not. Mm. Did you want to kick off and tell everyone about the first one? I can do that for you, Lisa. So will you hire me if I I'll run through these? <laughs> Look, I'll consider it. Okay. Well, the first one I've got here is relevancy. Yes. And now, as we've mentioned, you, you always want your design to be relevant to the people that you're targeting. These might be the ideal clients or potential staff members or suppliers. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you're always asking questions like, will they resonate with mm. it? Will they like it? Will it feel appropriate to them? Will they connect with it? Yeah. yeah. And this will come back to your ability to know and understand your ideal client. Exactly. Yeah. And this is why you want to get really specific with understanding your ideal client because you want to know what groups they belong to and how they perceive themselves. Um, Otherwise, you know, if you're just targeting a really broad group like women or men, you know, what are men like or what are women like? You know, they're all so different. So getting really specific is really helpful in this instance and understanding, you know, what's going to connect with them on a design level. Yeah. Um, The other thing is that, you know, sometimes I see posts in Facebook groups and things with people asking for feedback on a logo design for their business. So they're like, hey, I got these five concepts back or whatever from my designer. Yeah. And, you know, people, there's all these people weighing in. They're like, I don't like it or I like this one. <laughs> and none of these people are the intended audience. <laughs> so this business owner is making a choice of their logo based on some random person's preferences yeah, on the internet who has no context of the brand or the industry. Um, which is, that. It can get hated on some of those uh, <laughs> Facebook comments. And like I understand the the desire to get feedback on a logo because you're like, oh, I don't know which one to pick and especially mm. if you haven't been through the process before. Um, but asking people who you don't know or who aren't um, the intended audience is kind of going to derail <laughs> derail your decision a little bit, I think. So please avoid doing that if you can. Yeah, don't, don't do that, guys. So as much as you love your, you know, your mum and your neighbour, yeah. Um, if they're not, you know, your intended audience, if you're not selling mother products or, you know, <laughs> services, um, you know, she might not be the right person to ask. If you want to ask your mother, yeah, make sure you provide context. Like, 
hey, look, this is targeted towards this, this in this industry, blah, 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 right? Exactly. So, yes, the best thing always is to ask someone who actually fits your intended audience. But if you are going to show someone that you, you know, you trust and that you love, obviously, like I would share it with maybe my family, and te- but you would want to tell them the context or the brand direction before they start weighing in and saying what they like or don't like. Mm. Um, great. Okay. I think we've, we've hammered, that, <laughs> hammered that point. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Oh, so go ahead. Yeah. So I, I was going to say there's another part of um, relevancy that I want to talk about. Uh-huh. And you've got to ask, is it relevant to your industry or to, you know, to what you're doing or selling? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Maybe can you give an example of what you mean? I can. I can. So we're currently working, you know, with a brand, as you know, Lise, in the recruitment st- space. Uh-huh. And we went, we just recently went through the logo ideation stage and, you know, one concept looked good. It met all our criteria, but it looked like it belonged, you know, more in a construction space, just, you know, based on the the typeface, the, the shape of the, the icon logo, that sort of thing. So we actually didn't present it. Yes. And that's a really good point. Sometimes it just comes down to looking at it and thinking, does this feel appropriate for our industry? Because if, especially if you, I mean, if you're um, XYZ recruitment company, I don't think people are going to get as confused. But if you have a, a name that's a little bit more obscure and then you have a logo that doesn't actually look like it belongs in your space, then um, mm. people might get confused about what you do. Yeah. So um, yeah. that's a good point to consider as well. Okay. What other criteria should we be considering yeah, so the next is distinctiveness. Uh-huh. Um, now, as you know, Lise, you know, coming from the branding world, you don't want to look like a carbon copy of anyone. No. It's, it's particularly not a competitor brand. You you also want to avoid looking like a really well-known brand um, if it's not in your space. Yes. You don't want to accidentally create a brand that's like exactly like Coke or Google or something like that um, because, you know, that's all people will see when they look at your brand. Yeah. And the one caveat here is that just because a brand reminds you of another doesn't mean it's the same. Always compare them side by side. You know, sometimes your recolle- recollection of a brand and how it actually looks are very different. Yes. Our brand, <laughs> I keep saying brand instead of. <laughs> you did that last recording as well. <laughs> non recording. Um, the non recording. Yeah. So our brains are a little bit imperfect at remembering things. And apparently saying brand instead of brain, um, you know, sometimes clients will say, oh, that reminds me of XYZ brand. And then we actually pull them up side by side and they're not really yeah. alike. So yeah. sometimes your memory can play tricks on you. And you can um, you can always try, you know, Googling, doing a reverse image search. If you haven't tried that already, basically it scans the web for similar looking imagery yes. that you place in upload. Yeah. And then yeah. you can make a call about whether you think it's, you know, too close or not. Yeah. Um, okay, so what's the last uh, criteria? The last criteria is authenticity. Is it criteria or criteria? I feel like I want to say criteria. Anyway, sorry, continue. Uh, authenticity, Liz. <laughs> yep. So I'm just pausing for effect here. Um, <laughs> so here you want to ask yourself, does this design reflect the brand that we're trying to build and who we are? Uh-huh. You know, does it match our personality or does it feel inauthentic to us? Um, is it leaning too hard into trends or expectations? Yes. So this comes back to your brand strategy like everything else, um, which is why we do have a blueprint in the first place. We're constantly checking what we've created up against the brand's positioning and personality to see that we're on the right track. Yep. And really, that's pretty much it, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Maybe we should just do a quick recap of what we've just said. Yeah, we've maybe, talked about a lot of, we can. We can do that, can't things. we? 
Um, so first of all, we discussed why focusing on trying to create a beautiful or aesthetically pleasing design can be a really subjective measure. Uh, but also that beautiful doesn't mean effective. It might look great um, to you at least, <laughs> um, but you know it might do nothing to differentiate you or position you in the right way. So while it might look great to you, it might not look good to your intended audience either. So we also discussed the need to balance function and beauty and how design is both just not just the one. Mm -hmm. So your goal is to love how it looks and have it help you stand out and attract the right people. Yes. And then we discussed the metrics that are more helpful than asking your designer to make something look good. Uh, So aside from being legible, flexible, we mentioned that you should be asking your design team to make your visuals relevant to your industry and your audience, to be distinctive from other brands in your space, and to be authentic and aligned to the brand that you're building. Well put. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you, Lisa. And thank you to everyone for joining us for this episode. Um, We hope you guys enjoyed the topic. Yes. And if you know someone who's about to embark on hiring a designer or embarking on a rebrand or designing a visual identity for the first time, please send them this episode so they can make sure that they balance beauty and functionality in their new design.